0: Hey people, this is Aram. Welcome back to God's Fall, a proud member of Neon Rival. Join the collective at neonrival.com.
1: Episode
0: 73 Follow the Leader. When we last saw the Jackdaws, they had boarded a Kadarian supply ship under the command of Captain Rugov Cesar. The vessel is called the Burden and was one of the original supply ships given to Kadar by Jacob Gladivo, rescuing their people from starvation. After shooting Urakov in the leg for the amusement of his crew, Captain Cesar gave orders for the trio to be provided room and board, downed a considerable amount of rum, and headed back to his quarters.
1: My name is Stephen Kropa, and I'm playing Captain Rugov Cesar.
2: My name is Carlos Luna. And I play the three jackdaws. Inshova, the fourth-level human thief. Kaslik, the fourth-level human ranger. Urukov, the fourth-level human fighter.
0: In his wake is Lieutenant Sadova Kroll, like five foot three, a little stocky, tough as fucking nails. Just one of those people who does not let bullshit get past her. And she is just glaring at the three of you and clearly sees you as a burden that's been put upon her. Oh. I'll show you your quarters. Follow me.
2: And they all follow follow her uh, in single file.
0: You are brought down to the hold, where there are stables in the back, a bunch of storage, several open carts, and then three beds uh, set in rooms at the very, very uh, front of the ship, and that's where you are walked to. There are two main doors to get in there. As soon as you get inside, both those doors are locked.
1: Around the uh, room, there's uh, paintings of Captain Rugev, and it says, We hope your stay with us isn't a burden.
2: And then it also says dot dot dot.
1: Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Jk. Jk. Another.
2: Uh, there's another painting right next to it. Is just like because the name of the ship is the bird? <laughs> right. No,
1: those are all embroidered on pillows.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you are uh, locked in your quarters. They would do an investigation sure. on the quarters. They would be doing an invest, like uh, I guess a perception as they go down the steps, what they see. If there's anything out of the ordinary, something that sticks out to them. Oh, it's a 7. I thought it was a 1. Oh, wow, these guys suck. Probably a 12 is the highest out of all three of them.
0: Roll Brannock with advantage because he's seen these before. Oh, okay, like 17. Brannock has seen these barrels of acid before. The second you walk through the storage area, even though they're kind of tucked on to the side, he knows exactly what they are. He recognizes the dwarven lettering. He knows that they're in ironwood casks because normal wood would just get eaten through. Does Branick know this guy is not on the up and up? He knows A, those are illegal, and B, exactly what they are. They are basically forbidden anywhere outside of
2: Gaul Hadir. In that instant, when he recognizes that, almost like muscle memory... Brannock wants to, like, leap into action as the camera, like, zooms into his eye, into, like, his mind's eye. He tries to stand up from his seat right away and those two hands on his shoulders just, like, push him down, push him down. And then he settles down and he just sits on his bed, like, contemplating as the two pace back and forth.
1: There's a There's a bell ring, and right next to it is like that there's like a tube system <laughs> okay, and it's a big like big it's very wide, and you hear very muffled gentlemen if you'd like to join me for a cocktail and for some neat
2: twice. they look on the wall for some type of button or uh some type of like pulley thing, and there's like nothing there.
1: Cup, you have to say ring, ring, cup.
2: And Enchova kind of like rolls his eyes, and he goes up. And he's like, ring,
1: ring. The doors unlocked and backing into the room is Captain Rugab with a with a like a, a tray on. <laughs> he, like was a just roll. <laughs> yeah, he was outside. Yeah, he outside with a roll. Yeah, on the tube
2: is literally the size of like a Campbell soup can, yeah, right. going from one side of the uh-huh. door to the other yeah. side of the door.
1: <laughs> and he backs in with the, and he goes soups on. It's not soup, but it's food, but. Food's on.
2: Oh, thank you. You are quite the host. How can we ever repay you? Your cook, who you pay yeah. very well mm-hmm. because you want your crew well-fed,
0: has now slid in behind you. Now yes. that you've made the presentation, mm-hmm. is actually laying out the food, oh, yeah. carving up the meat, and doing everything while you talk.
1: Yeah, and as he's talking, he's also kind of shooing the cook away and pretending that he's doing it. <laughs> sure. So it's like the meat is cutting, and he's just, like, finishing the final cut, <laughs> yeah. and then he serves yeah. the plate. Well, you know, it'd be kind of embarrassing for... Famed adventurers Jack Dawes—I assume that's your surname—to be found floating out there with not a care in the world, and I have certain things that <laughs> may be embarrassing for me. So repayment would just be the lack of your tongue, and I don't mean that as a th- threat. That just—just just don't talk.
2: Oh, sir, we will use the greatest of discretion. Discretion, yes. Y- yes, of course, of course, sir. All right. He's just like staring at him mm-hmm. with three plates in his hands. <laughs>
1: Now, do you want greens or potatoes?
2: None of the meat is for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: None of the meat yeah. is for us.
0: And the food does look spectacular. It has been a while since you guys have eaten anything besides the rations that you were, that you were fed.
2: Yeah, and I imagine Brannock hasn't eaten. Brannock's any... been eating prison yeah. uh, food and bad Ooh. prison food
0: because he got treated like shit.
2: So they would just take whatever plates that he handed them, uh, and they're all, all three of them are sitting on the same cot just eating and like looking down. This guy is going to play whatever he wants to play like right in front of them. So they're trying not to get involved at all. Just agreement is the way to survival at this point right now for them.
0: As they're eating, Branick feels a chill as if a very cold blast of wind rolled up his neck and he feels all his muscles tense and there's this flash of memory for a second from when he just got pulled onto the ship (gasps) and he just remembers it being so easy like he didn't weigh anything like he was able just to go hand over hand and he could have just climbed up the side of the ship he thinks even without the rope and it's just like this flash of strength and cold and then it's just gone.
2: Brannock feels this chill, uh, this jolt of energy, or what would you say? Power? Not energy, more. Cold. If cold brought strength instead of weakness. He feels it, takes a second and a beat, notices that the jackdaws don't pick up on it, kind of stops eating halfway through. Urkov looks over and just starts, like, eating off his plate, just as if it's his, like you would your brothers growing up. Urkov is dazzled by the captain. He kind of looks over at Rugov, Captain Rugov. He's
1: pulling beard hair out of his mouth because he got a little bit in.
2: Just, like, completely fascinated uh, with him. At the same time, Urkova is looking over at him, just has this memory of every single mark that he saw growing up as an orphan, like when he'd, like, pick pockets. Just, he, he has this guy's number, or at least he thinks he has this guy's number. This is the type of guy that there would be a whole line of like hoodwinks and flim flams and <laughs> you know, you know, like runaround tricks that he would like hustles that he can pull on this guy. And he's just like thinking back to his childhood at all the pockets that he's picked, all the dark alleys that he sent, like couples down. And as he thinks of these things, every single memory as the man looks down at him has Captain Rugov's face on, on their face.
1: Rugov stands up and goes over to the side, just the the corner by the door. I'm finished. You know, waste not want not, you know, we're not the only ones left here on the on the sea. And so he he kind of hits a very specific spot, and the walls out of that front all like retract in. So you were just overlooking the sea immediately. And the floor starts tilting forward and he just lets, he puts his food down and lets it slide out. Oh yes, I take care of trash. And he hits it again and everything kind of lowers back in and the walls go back in.
2: The two jackdaws are a captive audience. They're watching, they're looking. These are guys that don't talk. And this is a man that all he does is talk and Brannock is just staring off into space. As it goes into his mind's eye though, he's sitting in the chair. His shoulders are a little bit taller on the other jackdaws than they were before. Their hands were at a 90 degree angle as they stood over him, now they're just a little bit higher up, a couple inches higher up, as if his chair had gotten higher or they got smaller. He's a big dude to begin with, and he's just a little bigger. Just a little bit bigger. Yeah.
1: Well, light's out at 9. Meal's at the 10s. Thank you, Captain. We are quite grateful
2: for your graciousness.
1: You keep saying and I don't get tired of hearing it. I want the chef to drop something.
0: As the chef is picking up, again, looking a little nervous, a little tense, and putting plates onto uh, this trolley again. He just completely drops one of the serving platters, and this silver platter crashes to the ground and just then roll, 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 roll before he finally steadies it with a nervous hand.
1: Uh, Rugov picks it up, and he goes, My thousand pardons and he turns and he smacks the chef over the head with it. Like, not like Donkey Kong style over the head. Like baseball across the bat face. across b- the face, like backhanded oh, wow. slap.
0: He apologizes mm-hmm. and quickly gathers up the rest
1: Andrew of God the And Ruga keeps equipment. holding the plate and he, there's a dent from where the chin is. <laughs> I guess we can only use this for bowls now. And then he walks out of the room. You may not know but I know you. And I'm a warehouse. Change that sounds. You see, we cross paths every Thursday at 2. Go in that
2: The Jackdaws each take, they're each assessing the situation. They're all on their own separate cot. Brannick has kind of come to, kind of like a man with PTSD, a man uh, shell-shocked. He's
0: been living
2: on nothing but adrenaline yep. for so long that when there's a lull, he doesn't know how to be. Exactly. Now that the distractions have left the room, he's with his brothers, the, the Jackdaw brothers, and they're each taking a cot getting into, like, a meditation seat and trying to figure out what's the best way to go about this.
0: And I would say that the other two would start to feel it now, too. Braddock was clearly more in tune, but the other two are starting to feel unease. The further you go south, it just creates unease within them.
2: Poor bliss is the opposite direction of the voice they would look around the cell of the boat or think about what they saw down there. They haven't found a weakness right now to the boat that they could exploit. They really don't know anything. There's nothing physical that they could exploit or they can use to their advantage, but none of them are afraid, mainly because even though this guy is crazy, he's the one chink in the armor of this floating prison for them basically everything's been a show of force
0: but he's low little wackadoodle.
2: yeah he's he's shown that he he's gonna go off off book on this so it's the one thing that they know they can like uh they can count on and be aware of an opportunity when it arises a showboat never survives stormy waters can we hear anything in in the thing like uh, the men uh, like what, what do we what sense perceptions do we, yeah what sense do we gain from the men on the boat 10 12 four
0: I mean in the short period of time that you've seen them uh, there were no questions no one um, even what you know when he just fired crossbow bolts at you no one in the crew looked uncomfortable no one looked put off the chef is the only person who's shown any kind of fear or discomfort the rest of the crew seemed very willing to follow whatever it is captain
2: Rugoff does so they would be exhausted by now what time would we say it is it's still late summer so around 7 p.m they would try to take a long rest while they could
0: and what would captain Rugoff be
1: doing He'd walk back up, and he'd check in with his lieutenant.
0: Your first officer is Nardin Polovich.
1: Nardin Pol.
0: Known this guy for a long time. When you guys were just early officers, right, you would run small scams and hide a couple boxes of freight, and as you got your own ship, he's always been with you. Right.
1: Uh, so I, I see Narden already uh, out looking out the sea, and on like the banister he has a bottle of rum already there, and I take a big swig. Well, I think I put the scare in those boys.
0: He thinks for a second, then he nods, but he doesn't seem quite as sure. What are you worried about? I'm not so sure one of them could have a scare put into him, sir. Okay. I've seen looks on men like that before. I've seen that stare. I don't believe anything would ever make that man afraid again. The big one. The quiet one.
1: Well, here's the thing about big ones. They always sink. They certainly don't look like sailors. No. I can't wait till we put them to work tomorrow. Agreed. Still, we should keep an eye on them. I think separate them. Put one up top, one below. Agreed. Different work teams, different Mm -hmm. hours. Keep them staggered. And I think uh, the band's due for a practice in about two hours. Yes, sir. We've got some room downstairs next to the guest quarters. We certainly do, sir. Wonderful. Well, with that, I'll retire. The crew is yours. Have a good night. He walks uh, stridently, and he just drops his cloak and someone scurries by and picks SME, it up. Yeah, me yeah. type character. <laughs> uh, and he like, he literally is just derobing before he gets, like he takes off his boots and someone's like, there's literally a ball boy before his clothes and they're just like running back and forth getting it.
0: As Brannock closes his eyes, He sees visions of he and his fellow jackdaws raising a flag above a conquered city in Utea that stands on a cliff splitting a massive river into a pair of powerful waterfalls. A heavy snow falls upon the city and lightning explodes from a pair of glowing eyes deep-set within the clouds. And then you're just awake, and you can just hear a rumbling voice.
2: In the vision, what did it feel like? Did it feel like victory. I wanted to be there? Oh, yes, okay. It
0: felt like victory. It felt like a victory that
2: Brannock had earned. So it wasn't a victory for Ani. All of Brannock's victories prior to this had always been a shared victory and as a gift to his country, to his queen. He's never kept it for himself. He's never used it for himself. That's why Brannock doesn't have an ego. If you think about like the perfect soldier, it would be Brannock until now. Branick shoots up from his cot and he's just breathing heavy and he looks around and the other two jackdaws are still sleeping. The moonlight is uh, shining in from the window and he stares off into the distance as the moon gets like further and further away from him. He also feels as if he's getting further and further away from that victory, from the voice, from the one direction that he feels like he should have right now. Everything else has gone away. His life as he's known it is, has gone away. And that one thing that he wants to chase is getting further and further away. He just stares out at the moon.
0: What is Captain Rugov's morning ritual?
1: Uh, he wakes up in a chair that he fell asleep and he never made it to his bed. He has a basin of salt water that's replenished every night that he goes over and just kind of dunks his face in.
2: Salt water. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> salt water to wake up and then regular water to wash. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Can it be salt water from like his the sea by his hometown and not even the salt water from the ocean? That yeah. He's of in? course. Yeah. He's I mean, got like, a he couple, couple <laughs> <of> barrels. sea. <laughs> <that's>, he's got <laughs> very salt water. Specific, yeah. And it's all in his closet and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. It's just yeah. like
1: taps it out and like when one, one barrel. Is empty. He throws it overboard, but he leaves a note on side, on side of it. And the other ships know if they're going that direction to pick that up to refill it. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: nice. So you dunk your head like you have, you know, you had a little bit too much rum, mm-hmm. you gotta wake up a bit. You pull out and the basin is frozen. And your hands are frozen inside the water. And you pull and pull and you feel the chill like kind of rolling up your forearms and then... It's just gone. And everything's fine.
1: He puts his hands, like, tries to recreate it. Kind of shakes it off. Makes a note to tell Sadova to check the rum. And then he just puts, he, like, his clothes that he threw aside aside are, like, folded over his another chair. It's already been in all there and stuff. He just puts on the same outfit and just a new blouse is the new thing he does every day. Right. And he walks out. And immediately outside is the chef, big big bruise across the face, who has his like eggs and
0: eggs benedict cooked
1: perfectly yeah, exactly yeah. with garnish. And so he takes that and he just starts walking around and making, doing his rounds as he's eating.
2: I feel like the chef would hold it for him while he just ate off the plate. Oh, yeah, he's walking. And yeah. he's just like, I feel like he would like stare at the chef like, what do you know about ice? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, glare at him while he ate his yeah. eggs. Like, not say it out loud, but just like, what does this guy know about ice? He's just
1: like, you're particularly cold this morning.
0: <laughs> no, sir. It's a fine, warm day and... And I just oh, oh there, there's uh, orange juice, uh, fresh, just, just like you like it, not, not, not too orangey, but. Oh, just
2: orange enough. Come to him yeah. explaining <laughs> how orange juice should be. He's yeah. like, I
1: don't want it orangey. I don't want orangey. I want you put some water in there to dilute the color, not the flavor. It's <laughs> very important that's the color I have an issue with, not the flavor.
2: The orange juice is just orange-looking apple juice. That's what he <laughs> means by not too orangey? Right,
0: and it took him forever <laughs> yeah, to, to figure, figure that out.
1: out. He was literally comparing apples to oranges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cargo's fine. Crew's fine. They're, they are definitely going to run into the blockade today, but the bribe's been paid, so Wonderful. we should be all set, sir. Great.
1: Wonderful. How about a little fun? Sounds good to me, sir. He runs over to like this like storage facility, and he opens it up, and he pulls out these large drape-looking things. They just essentially wit- windsurf, but off the ship. So it's still tethered to the ship, But it's like this game that they do, like to kind of like just. Just kind of sail up into the air. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. So the ship's got to go fast. Mm -hmm. So they put full sails out and they are just now booking. The wind's just right and they are booking. Yeah. And the first two guys go up. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to roll uh, dexterity saves. Let's say the (laughs) the crew is a plus two in general. Okay.
1: 13 and seven.
2: I'm convinced that Captain Rugov is an rich eight-year-old boy who, <laughs> who made a wish the night before to be old like his dad and he just woke up like this. Like, Captain Rugoth himself is actually a well-respected leader and, like, captain, and he's just like, he's just like, let's have some fun! And he's got like, I'm a pirate! Yeah, he's, like, got this Adams family, like, fucking nothing but trouble, like, uh, decked out ship or whatever. And
0: the crew is so loyal the, that oh, they're like, yeah. well, he's a little weird, but we're not going to really question under- <laughs> him because the
2: captain's done weirder things before, uh-huh. yeah. and his dad was just like this great captain who like saved all the people's families on the ship, and they owe a life debt. But here's this little shithead eight year old boy who's just like, oh. well, well,
0: Meanwhile, see. somewhere there's a very serious eight year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Like tubing, when like you hook up like yeah. a guy on a speedboat on an inner tube. And well, they're in the them. air though. Yeah, but they're yeah. in the air. Yeah, exactly. So, but like they swing left and like and from they do behind dip the down and stuff yeah. to, like to catch
1: the water and stuff like that. And yeah.
0: that's and that's kind of fun. Like you know, how low will you dip down? Well, the goal is how they have they have a
1: bucket and it's whoever can collect and keep the most water. Oh, yeah. gotcha. nice.
0: Okay, so they both dip a couple times and miss, and then finally the guy off the port side. Wait, it's port and. The guy off the left. Yeah. The guy off the left dips down, gets about half a bucket of water. And the guy off the right feels a little bit of pressure and goes down and just bites it. Bites it into the water and is clearly now, you know, the ship has gone past him and he is just out there on the sea bobbing up and down.
2: The Jackdaws wake up hearing this and they look out the window and they just see this guy being dragged from a rope and all at the same time, just like a golden retriever, just like cock their head to the right and just are staring out of this like window looking at this guy.
1: So he's being dragged. Uh, Captain Rugov takes off his coat and like puts it over the rope and he grabs a uh, life preserver as well and he repel, <laughs> like slides down into the water.
0: I want an athletics roll. Nine. (laughs) You get almost all the way there, and you've just done this trick one too many times, and your coat just rips, and you fall about 15 feet, bam, and you hit the water. So you're about 20 feet from him right now, and you hear a bunch of shouting on the ship. Bells are going off. The sails are already being pulled in, and you can just see the wheels spinning to bring the ship around.
2: I want Ershova to go over to the side of the room. I want him to bang on the side that Captain Rugov banged on. It opens up that back window again, and then the decline starts happening. Right. And I want him to jump out and try to save the captain. I would like you to first
0: roll intelligence to make sure you can remember exactly <laughs> where that spot <laughs> yeah.
2: is. Ooh. 11
0: or higher, you just need a plus one. You hit that a spot, the front opened.
2: I want Brannick and Erkova to lock arms. Rishova, like hits the hits the wall, Brannick walks up, locks arms with the other guy. The thief starts like running right at them. They are like an athletic tag team, the jackdaws are. As the floor starts to angle, he starts gaining more speed, more speed, and then he jumps in the hand and they propel him. So what he's trying to do is grab that rope that that guy's being dragged from. Go ahead and roll athletics with advantage. Not in that twenty, but no, but 20.
0: that's great. So he's running right towards them, and they kind of do like that cradle hand thing, right? He plants his foot in their hands, and they just hurl him towards the rope. He sails out the front of the ship, crashes into the water, grabs the rope with ease. Okay. And at this point, the captain has already gotten. Yeah, to he's his got man. his
1: guy, and we're we're swimming back with. Both sharing part of the life preserver.
0: I'm connected to the rope that. originally Correct. The guy There's was. about 20 feet of now space between you and the captain.
2: Kind of be on the jackdaw's shoulder as he like he pull the jackdaw tries to like pull him back in.
0: Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll strength or athletics, whichever is higher.
2: 19.
0: One of the jackdaws comes running out does his perfect dive into the water, grabs the rope, kicks over, and is just with such strength and determination swimming straight back towards the shipping, easily dragging the two of you along with him.
1: He looks back to his man who was lost in the water and kind of goes like, well,
0: (laughs) get a load of this guy. Brennick lifts you, literally out of the water, just bends down, lifts you up, and puts you down like you were a nine-year-old child.
1: And he just starts, like, patting his shoulders, and then, like, just starts, like, feeling his muscles <laughs> and stuff like that. He's like, oh, my—what size are you? Double XL?
2: Branick is just dead-eye
1: staring at him. He like, slapping his face. He goes, that was brilliant, my fellow! That was brilliant! Thank you, sir. Just paying back your kindness, of course. All right, enough of that hooey, okay? All right. No, 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 no. That's that's paying back a kindness is getting me a card. Okay, you did something that no one else would. That's a direct order I have. Just leave me. Uh, I
2: want all like I want the soldiers to come like running in. Oh, yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Jackdaws and Brannock just kind of like know their place and go back into like the corner because they expect to be like. You know, shoved down and, like, treated like prisoners, basically, as soon as, like, the army or the men come in.
0: And his lieutenant seems pretty inclined to do just that.
1: Right, but everyone else rushes past her and just gives them—is bringing them blankets and has just, like, more rum handing out and things like that. Uh, A a ball is being thrown around for some reason, (laughs) just like a beach—like a beach to blow up ball. Like, that's just, like, former seal skin that they blew up. You, sir. (laughs) Well— You're a fine fellow.
2: Thank you sir. Thank you.
1: And I don't know if you noticed but I reserve fellow for members of this crew.
0: So while you cry over spill beer I don't sob. Cuz grab life by the hips and go home.
1: Yeah. 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 Call up DJ we out of here. I need a new captain of the ship to steer. Hey. 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 Now everybody follow my lead from Rudy Cinemax to the old school way.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode 73, Follow the Leader. For my DM's notes on this episode, deck-by-deck layouts of the Burden, and character art for all of our characters and major NPCs, head over to patreon.com godsfall. Because of your generous support, we are thrilled to announce that Serena Marie from the Dungeon Rats will be joining us in Washington, D.C. next month. Taking over the role of Caitlin Wainwright. Open to me. I cannot wait to see what she does with one of my favorite godlings, and I cannot thank our Patreon supporters enough for allowing us to continue to support and expand the Godsfall podcast. We are also at the last call for print copies of the Godsfall World Book. There are less than one hundred left, so if you want to make sure you get one, head over to worldbook.godsfall.com and reserve yours today. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time in the World of the Five Kingdoms.